Hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Flesh Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The One Flesh Podcast is all about marriage, the essential union between man and woman, uh, the building of a family. It's about finding a girlfriend. It's about making her your wife and uh, maintaining a relationship and, and building a marriage worth having. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help young men uh, try to figure that thing out and try to help them think, uh, think forward, look into the future, uh, see what they want out of a marriage, and understand the, the key aspects of, of building that and the, the key action items to make sure that it goes well. Uh, as you can tell, still don't have an intro. Uh, you know what? I'll do this. If you write me a decent intro uh, and you send it into the Instagram, uh, I'll get you like a candy bar or something. Uh, if you do it before I do, you got to do it before I do. Uh, when I finally get around to writing a good standard intro, that one wasn't half bad. Uh, that one was a first take, first recording. That one wasn't bad. I may build off of that one. Um, today, so I really, really liked the uh, random advice episode that I did yesterday, or not yesterday, last week. I thought it was really fun, uh, and I got some really good feedback. Apparently, a lot of y'all liked it. So I'm going to do another one of those since I don't have a guest, but uh, this time I took listener feedback off of Instagram, so follower feedback. Uh, I got on there and I said, hey, give me your best piece of marriage advice, like the best one that you've got. Uh, and I got a lot of good ones. So I'm going to cover them all. I didn't just get like a, a ton, uh, but I actually did get quite a bit. This is more than I've ever gotten as far as questions and, and uh, interaction and feedback. So I'm going to go over them all because I want you all to, to hear my thoughts about them. Uh, and then I'm going to give you my top three. So uh, some of them are going to be quick. It's going to be like an agree, disagree. Uh, some of them I'm going to elaborate on a little bit, uh, and then my top three we're going to get kind of heavy into. So uh, starting just with the first one is it's okay to be mad at each other. Um, actually, I agree. Uh, I do agree that it is okay uh, to be mad at each other. Um, I think that a lot of people take that too far, uh, and they're mad at each other all the time. Um, I think it's okay, but I think that you uh, really ought to um, resolve that pretty quick. Uh, and it's kind of diametrically. So I do agree with it. Actually, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe as I walk through this advice, I may change my opinion on a couple of them. Uh, it's okay to be mad at each other. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, it, it is, it's okay to have that initial feeling, uh, but it needs to be processed quickly. I would say it's not okay to stay mad at each other. Um, that would be the follow-up for that. So if I could modify your little piece of advice, it's to say, it's okay to be be mad with each other. It's just not okay to stay that way. Um, so, yeah, kudos to you. Uh, next one is it's never 50-50. Uh, I endorse. I think that I've released a podcast on the One Flesh uh, series called 80-20 or something like that. Uh, it's kind of the Pareto principle of uh, it's going to be 80-20. It's hardly ever 50-50. Uh, it's like uh, there's another saying in like a corporation um, one tenth of the employees do like two thirds of the work or something like that. Um, I know that's probably not correct at all. Maybe one third does 90% or something. Um, I don't remember what the, what the saying is, but it's, it's called the Pareto principle. Uh, and it's, it's very true that it, it's almost never, uh, 50, 50. And I'm going to kind of jump out of order, uh, because that's diametrically opposed to, um, another one that I got, which is maintain an equal yoke, no matter what. Um, so basically what they're saying is, uh, try to, so I, I don't think these are as opposed as what they might sound. So one of them is it's never 50, 50. 
Uh, the other one is maintain an equal yoke no matter what. I don't think those are as po- as opposed as what they sound. Um, I think that uh, the goal should be to maintain an equal yoke uh, no matter what, as in we're both pulling our weight. And there should be an understanding of what is actually going to happen and that it's not like that. Um, and it should average out to about 50-50. So we have what's what I call the, uh, I guess, the the tactical and the strategic maybe, um, or the, uh, the plan and the actual, uh, the plan and the performance. Uh, the plan is to maintain an equal yoke. Uh, DLN's going to have four chores. I'm going to have four chores. Uh, DLN's going to take care of the house and home. I'm going to make the money that pays for the house and home. Um, even inside the house and home, I'm going to have responsibilities. Uh, she's going to have other responsibilities outside the house and home. Uh, yada, yada, yada. You get it. Um, the plan should be to maintain an equal yoke. And if that yoke starts getting one-sided, you should sit down and you should assess and you should say, okay, I'll take a little bit of this from you. Um, and that's what we're going to do now in reality is it's never going to be that way. (laughs) Um, it's never going to be that way. And it's a little bit easier to be that way as far as responsibilities, as far as, you know, um, splitting the laundry and the dishes and, and, um, those kind of responsibilities, but especially emotionally, uh, it's never going to be that way. Uh, if you take one point in time, it's not going to be like that. Um, and you know, I kind of think of a, uh, I guess, um, man, I really wish I had paid a little bit more attention in class because I could recall what kind of graph I'm thinking of. Um, you know, if you put like scatter points of, you know, points in time of, Hey, this is, uh, the, the percent distribution right now of, of work. And, and you kind of plotted that or, Maybe it would be like the, the bar graph to where both of them equal 100%. Um, but so they both have to equal 100%, but it's distributed as far as, you know, husband and wife, as far as who's carrying what percentage of the load today. Uh, what I think you would see is really wide, um, really wide differences day to day with an average over 50 50. And I think that should be the goal. Uh, when you, when you put your, oh, what is it called? Trend line. Uh, when you put your trend line on the graph, I think it should equal right about 50, 50. Uh, but on a day to day, you need to understand that, um, it's going to be 80, 20, uh, in your favor. And then tomorrow it's going to be 80, 20 in their favor. Uh, and then it's going to be like 70, 30, 40, 60. Uh, you'll, you'll have days where you get close and you may have days that you actually do hit it right on the dot. Uh, you may have days that you do hit it right on the dot and you should count those as special. Um, but very rarely is that going to happen, but you should try to maintain your trend line at 50, 50. So I don't think these two are really as opposed as what I thought they are. Um, you know, my guy that says it's never 50, 50, he's talking about the day to day. Uh, my guy that says maintain an equal yoke, no matter what he's talking about the trend line. That's, that's where I think everything is going here. Uh, that's, that's how I think those two interact with one another. And I agree with both of them. And I just kind of described to you. Uh, how I think that those two uh, thoughts and pieces of advice can be held uh, in unison or at the same time. Um, let's see. That one's one of my favorites, so I'm not going to do that um, yet. What is the next one? Uh, he says, not married, but don't compensate slash change your values for another person. Um, to an extent. Uh, to an extent. I agree with this. 
Uh, I think that if you come into a relationship as a strong Christian, uh, that you know where your faith is held, uh, you should maintain that. If you come in, you know, as a strong pro-life advocate, uh, where we don't kill babies and we don't support abortion, you should hold to that. You shouldn't, you should know which values, uh, that you are going to stick to, um, what things you're going to be intolerant to, but also, uh, do not hold to values that, uh, maybe you shouldn't hold to, uh, you got to understand that this is the merging of two people to become one. So you're going to lose something. So again, uh, just the simple phrase of uh, don't compensate slash change your values for another person. Yes, to an extent. Uh, if one of your values is that I have to have uh, weed all the time and that I have to smoke weed all the time, uh, which again, you may say, well, that's not a value. Well, some people value it a lot, um, and that makes it a value. Uh, some people will put that over honesty. They'll put it over integrity. Uh, they'll put it over excellence or ownership. Uh, you know, it will definitely sub the place for a value. I agree. It's not a good value. It's not something that should be counted as a value, but it is definitely um, a a really poor placeholder for a lot of people's values uh, as far as substance abuse, whatever it may be. And so maybe that value needs to change. So that's kind of why, um, if you'll refer back to the Cade Carter episode, I believe it's called One Flesh, uh, maybe episode 26, I don't know. Um, that sounds right, but it also sounds wrong. Um, so I think it's because it was kind of when we started the, the One Flesh series. The One Flesh series wasn't started yet, so it is a Sunday series uh, called One Flesh, the episode is. Uh, that's where we lined out, uh, and I'm going to trademark it or whatever, but uh, the Purpose Podcast's five criteria for entering a relationship. Uh, religion, money, family, health and fitness, and substance abuse. Um, assess your values. Know what good values are, and then if they need to be changed, change them. If they don't need to be changed, don't change them. Uh, so yes, I agree to that. Hold to hold to good values, but also uh, make sure that they need to be, if they need to be changed, that you're you're working to change them. Um, let's see, what is next? Um, hmm, this one's going to be a pretty quick episode. What am I at? Like 10 minutes? Yeah. Uh, so this one says don't keep score. Um, endorse. Yes. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, it's very bad to, uh, it's not really, I don't know. Yeah. It's bad to keep score. And what this person is talking about is, uh, is, you know, when, you say, well, last week you did the, you didn't do the dishes and this week you didn't sweep. And I did the dishes three times last week. You only did them once. Um, yeah, don't keep petty score. That's not good. Uh, don't, don't always try to tally up, uh, wins and losses as far as the relationship goes. Uh, but there does need to be some, some kind of baseline understanding of performance, uh, and what needs to improve. And so I haven't really worked that out yet. Uh, but my worry if, if, let me put it this way, um, if somebody was so invested in the idea of not keeping score, my problem is that the score would never improve. <laughs> that would be my worry. And again, I don't disagree with this. Uh, yeah, don't keep score. I don't go to DL and be like, hey, I did the dishes four times this week and you haven't done any. Um, I don't know, maybe I've said that once or twice. Uh, actually, I know I've never said that because I've never done the dishes four times in one week. So, um, to clarify. But um, I do my best not to 
keep direct score, but also if you're so invested in that and, oh, the past is gone and uh, we're just, we're, you know, um, the past is in the past and we're going to keep looking forward and we're not going to keep score. Well, then the score will never improve. There is a score. Um, you may not think there is, but uh, there is at the very least a performance. Maybe there's not a score. Maybe there's not tally marks, uh, but there's a performance. And, uh, you know, this goes back to the it's never 50-50. Uh, if your if your wife is always on the twenty percent side of that, we need to figure out why and we need to fix it. So yes, don't keep score, uh, especially don't do it. Uh, and and here's why are you keeping score? That would be my question. Why are you keeping score? Are you doing it so that you can slap it on the table like an Uno reverse card uh, and prove them wrong? Because that's bad. Uh, are you keeping score because you know that a certain aspect of this person's life? needs to improve and you're trying to see if it's improving or you're trying to see ways that you can help them improve. I'll give you a good example. Um, I don't ever throw it in D. Allen's face in the past of like, Hey, um, you've let's say missed your walk this many times. Uh, I know that D. Allen's activity needs to improve. Know that her diet needs to improve as does mine. I'm working on that. Don't jump on me. I love my wife. Leave me alone. Okay. Um, yes, she knows that I discuss her diet and her activity in the podcast, leave me alone. Um, but it needs to improve and we're working on it. Uh, so do I write down specifically, Hey, you were 200 calories over this day. You were 400 calories over this day. Uh, you missed your walk on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, Friday. No, I don't do that. But do I keep a mental tally of if she's getting after it or not? Of course I do not tally. That's the wrong word. Do I keep a mental record of how good she's doing this week? Of course I do. Do I, I, do I store it and say, okay, her performance this week has been good. You know why? Uh, because maybe I need to give her praise for that. Uh, maybe I need to, um, help her modify. Maybe this has been a rough week. And when she comes to me and says, oh, well this, this, and this, uh, I really don't like that. Um, yes, I know there are some situations where you just need to listen in some situations where you actually need to solve the problem. And yeah, um, maybe she's just trying to vent, but also I'm here to help her solve problems. So I may need to keep um, a little bit of a record of, hey, uh, what do I think could be going on in her life uh, that we could modify to help her solve these problems? Uh, and if I'm not keeping any sort of mental record uh, about what she's doing and, and how she's doing it, then my ability to solve that problem is is vastly diminished. So again, for example, let's say your wife continually has issues doing the dishes, okay? Uh, and I just use the dishes because it's easy. Um, let's say you, let's say you, uh, have a problem doing the dishes. Okay. And your wife comes to you and she's kept score. She has said, you've done the dishes once this month. And you say, no, 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 no. Our pastor told us not to keep score. Okay. Well, you moron. If she's not keeping score, then there's no objectivity to how well you are performing on your household chores. Okay. If she's not, if she's doing it to genuinely help you get better, I agree. The sentiment that this piece of advice is given, and again, I know you, I know who submitted it. Um, please don't be offended. I'm not trying to tear it apart. And I know you, and I know you don't get offended, but um, the sentiment that this is given with, I fully endorse. Do not try to have a gotcha moment with your with your spouse of saying, oh, you only did the dishes two times. You only did the dishes three times. Uh, my opinion is do not throw all objectivity out the window because what really happens is score is kept. Okay. Score is kept. 
uh, whether you're not counting the amount, um, it will eventually degrade and, and build resentment. And if there's no objectivity, then then truth can be lost very quickly. What do I mean by that? Uh, score is being kept. Uh, if you only did the dishes once this month, she may not know the, the total, uh, but every day she's coming in and the dishes aren't done um, and it's going to wear on her. Okay. Whether she thinks so or not, she's keeping score because it's something that upsets her. Okay. Again, it's less about score and it's more about performance. Uh, don't keep score, but track performance, track performance on yourself, uh, and, and mildly track performance on your spouse so that you can help increase performance. Um, I, I don't know if I'm articulating it well, uh, but so again, the, the statement, don't keep score with the sentiment that it is passed on with, I endorse. Do not get so lost in not keeping score that you lose objectivity of performance in the marriage. That's that's kind of what I have to say. I, I hope I'm making myself clear on that. Um, is that I do agree with you. I do agree with that with that sentiment. Uh, what I don't agree with is um, not um, baselining yourselves and your spouse to a certain standard uh, and trying to hold that standard because those those two can get confused very quickly. And again, and I know I'm beating the dead horse, uh, but what I've seen happen is that one side <laughs> tries to not keep score uh, and maybe both sides try to not keep score, but somebody grows resentful. Um, somebody grows resentful and then eventually score is kept. And then eventually the other side is like, well, I thought we weren't keeping score. Uh, and then you get resentful because you think she's keeping score. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's just trying to help you improve your, your performance. So again, understand what you're doing, understand why you're keeping that mental record of what's going on, uh, and try to use it to your benefit. Don't try to use it just to, um, shellac your spouse in an argument and say, well, um, you've only swept the floor once in the past month. Um, or you've pissed me off this many times and I've only pissed you off two times. Um, you're always right. I'm always wrong. These types of things that is not okay. Uh, saying, well, honey, I understand, you know, the issues that you're having, and I've noticed that you really haven't, you've been sleeping in a lot lately. Uh, you have been getting up later and later. You've been staying up later and later, uh, and you're putting yourself in a rush, and maybe that's not great. Uh, that's not keeping score. That's genuinely trying to help your spouse solve a problem by noticing the issues that might occur. So I, I hope I'm clear on that. Um, let's see done this one um i've gotten to do a couple of these at the same time uh so this one is one that was really good and i wanted to um, put it in my top but i, I just liked the, the ring of the others more uh love your wife sacrificially always place them first wherever you can um i really agree with that i don't i don't know that i have much to um elaborate on that point I think it's a really, really good one. I think that your wife should come first. Uh, you know, this is something that I can't really speak to very well because I don't have children, but I've heard a lot of good married men that have good marriages that make an excellent case for why they put their wife first, even in front of their children. And when when you hear the fact that, not the fact, but when you hear people relay the sentiment that, that children kills marriages or it kills a sex life or um, it, it really hurts marriages, uh, when when children do that, when they, I don't know how, if I worded that correctly. Words are hard. Um, it, when you hear that sentiment that, that children kill a marriage, 
It's because what happens is, and I think this is especially with the mother, I could be wrong, uh, but I think this is especially with the mother. So if you're a woman, be extra careful about this, in my opinion, is the kids automatically come first. Um, It's no longer about servicing their husband or servicing their wife, or that's kind of an awkward word that people don't like. Uh, It's no longer about living in service to their husband or living in service to their wife. It's about living in service to the children. And the marriage degrades. You're sacrificially giving pieces and pieces of your marriage uh, to your children. And then you start to build resentment. And that marriage, because it's not being maintained, maybe you have a really good relationship with your kids. uh, But that marriage eventually fails. And what's going to happen is either that marriage failing degrades your relationship with the children. Or maybe maybe it doesn't. Maybe I've known people that have really good uh, relationships with their moms and have really good relationships with their dads. But they still come out of that damage because they never got to see what a, a they got to see what a good parent was uh, in the context of single parenting, but they never got to see what a good functional marriage was because nobody was focused on that. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, I don't know if it's I think it's right from what I've read. It's right from what I've heard. It's right. That's why your wife or your husband needs to come first. Um, and again, I plan on doing this, uh, strictly, let's say date night is Thursday night. Okay. Well, if Johnny has practice on Thursday night, we're going to find somebody else to take him to practice on Thursday night because Thursday night is date night. Um, let's say it's Sunday night. Okay. We're going to get a sitter or we're going to find something to do with Johnny on Sunday night because my wife comes first. Okay. Uh, now we can move date night around. Yes, sure. We got to make sure that we have one this week. Let's say we plan out three months worth of date nights uh, and we move them, you know, we we stagger them from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't care. Um, but the wife needs to come first. If it's, if, if, and I, I mean this strictly and I hope that I can hold to it uh, when and if we, we do have children. But if our goal for maintaining a marriage is date night once a week, uh, and it's already Sunday. And let's say, again, Johnny has practice on Sunday night. Uh, the wife and I are going to get a 15-minute to 30-minute uh, mini date in on Sunday. Maybe we're going to wake up early in the morning and go hiking before Johnny's even awake. Uh, we're going to do something, okay? Uh, because your wife should come first. Because what happens is week one, uh, we don't get date night in. Week two, uh, well, Johnny's got something else. Maybe Johnny's sick. So we forego date night. Week three, uh, well, you know what? Johnny had something come up on date night. Uh, it's going to be hard to move it. Uh, we just went two weeks without date night and we're doing okay. Uh, date night falls by the wayside. And eventually you look up and it's three years and she's all pissed off because you haven't taken a date in three years. Okay. Um, I've seen it happen multiple times. Okay. Um, yes. So I, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to elaborate on that, but I agree. Um, Love your wife sacrificially. Always place them first whenever you can. Uh, Now, and I I just went kind of on a tangent for children, but this does mean above yourself. Um, And I think that's kind of the essence of of marriage is loving something more than yourself. Uh, And again, I'm, I'm baby Christian. I hate that phrase, but I say it because it's like the only decent way to communicate it because I'm not really a new Christian. But um, anyway, starting to understand adult Christianity. Uh, the reason that you're supposed to love your wife more than yourself is because 
it's it's the closest thing we can get to a model of the way that God and Jesus love us, I think. I think that's correct. Don't quote me on that. Go to church, please, you heathens. Um, go get some learning on the Lord uh, because I may be wrong, but I think that's kind of the thought process behind it is that uh, if you actually love something more than yourself, um, and again, it's it's difficult, and I, and I don't think it's perfect, and I think that's kind of the point of why Jesus' love or God's love is so special to us is because we can never truly replicate it, but a marriage is like the closest thing we can get to that. Um, is is truly loving someone else above your children, above your own offspring, uh, and above yourself. So, uh, yes, I endorse um, love your wife sacrificially, put them first wherever you can. I agree. Uh, and again, talk about this with your wife and understand that that's what we're doing because where a marriage really, really thrives and works is when she does the same um, or tries to do the same. Um, let's see. I think that's it. I can go to my top three now. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, so number three, learn to communicate with excellence. Uh, I like this because it is, it's, it's broad. Um, it's, it's broad, but it's narrow. It's uh, short, but it, it says a lot. Learn to communicate with excellence. Um, you know, we get a lot of advice on communicating often and communicate regularly and communicate as much as you can. Uh, but rarely it's, it's kind of missed, uh, as far as developing the skills to communicate well. And this was something that, uh, you know, you know, Blake Flannery and I, we did a one flesh episode and he and I disagreed a little bit on, on some things. Um, you may not have really known it, but, um, he and I, you know, kind of disagreed on some things. Uh, and I just either steered the podcast a different direction or maybe slightly addressed it or something like that. Uh, but one thing that I really liked from him was that he took it upon himself to actually learn how to communicate with his wife and make that situation better. And and this is why I really liked this piece of advice, learn to communicate with excellence. And he wasn't the one that gave it in here. It was actually somebody else. Uh, but yes, you should, you should absolutely <laughs> be learning how to communicate with excellence. And this is why I'm such a big fan of uh, leadership strategy and tactics by, by Jocko Willink uh, is because it, it, it is a, it is a, very concise and simple layout of how to communicate effectively as a leader, which is what you are as a man in a relationship. Uh, it's also a clear and concise uh, layout of how to communicate as a follower, which at times, even as a male, is what you are in a marriage. Okay, uh, I think that you are a leader in a marriage when you're a man, but part of being a good leader is being a good follower. And part of being a leader is knowing when you need to follow. You can still follow as a leader. Um, if perfect example, well, um, maybe let's not do that. Um, a perfect example is if your wife wants to plan a trip, uh, follow and do the best that you can to help her plan that trip. Okay. Um, put effort in, okay. And communicate about what you need to do as a follower, learn how to do that. But that's, that's why I love Jocko so much is, and it's not written in terms of relationships. That book is not written as a relationship book. Uh, but this is, again, not to pat myself on the back, but this is one of the reasons that I've, I've gotten good in the areas that I'm good at is because I'm able to take these concepts that are meant for something completely different and apply them in an area that I think that they fit. Uh, and that was a very, very good book for me to do that with as far as taking his business and his leadership concepts in a team 
and in a company and apply it directly to my marriage. Um, the ability to communicate, uh, my ability to communicate, I think maybe we'll, uh, we'll do a little survey of my wife as to what she thinks, but I think it's 10 X in the past, like year and a half, uh, especially since I read that book. So I really like this one and just the word excellence. I love the word excellence. Uh, one of my favorite words, it's, it's one of my core values, uh, is excellence. Learn to communicate with excellence. Fully agree. Um, attempt to outdo each other in service. What am I at? I'm at 28 minutes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pause this and go pee. All right, guys, I'm back. Sorry. I, uh, uh, just went on a ruck and sucked down about two liters of water in 45 minutes. So mm, that, that happens. Uh, you'll have that on these big jobs, but, uh, anyway, where was I at? Oh, attempt to outdo each other in service. Um, yeah, that kind of goes with love your wife sacrificially. Always place them first whenever you can. Uh, those could probably, if I didn't have one, the other would be in, in, in the number two spot. I think, uh, attempt to outdo each other in service. Uh, that's good. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, and do it for the right reasons. Uh, that's the only kind of caveat, uh, that I have for that is make sure you do it out of love. And that's why I like the in service part of that, um, is, is serving, serving, um, did I maybe mess that up uh, on the last one? I don't think I did. But actually serving uh, your wife, living in service uh, to your wife. I kind of mentioned that on the uh, on the last piece of advice to love your wife sacrificially. Um, live your wife, live your life in service to your wife, and constantly try to outdo one another. Uh, I think it's a good little game to play. Uh, now, again, be careful. I said it's one of my favorites, and now I've got a bunch of caveats to it. So maybe I um, eating crow or put my foot in my mouth or whatever, um, saying you want to apply to that, but, uh, attempt to outdo each other in service. Um, the outdoing part is, is maybe what I have a little bit of a problem with, but I put it at number two. So I don't know why I did that. And I'm sorry guys, but, um, basically just, just make sure that, um, I, I guess what you can do is, is kind of use, uh, use your spouse as a little bit of, of healthy competition. I think, um, make sure, you know what, if, uh, she's going to give me a foot rub, I'm going to give her a back rub. Um, if she's going to cook dinner, then I'm going to do the dishes quickly and, and make sure that they are all nice and clean. Um, using your wife as a, as a form of healthy competition. Maybe that's why I liked it is because I'm a big fan of healthy competition. Uh, just make sure that you don't overdo it. Uh, you know, my wife and I, uh, we have a tendency to, uh, compensate this. This is why I say in service, uh, there, this is why I liked the phrase in service. And that piece of advice is because sometimes my wife and I will try to do gifts. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, doing something in service is hard. It's difficult. Uh, so we may try to substitute that a little bit with gifts and that's not the right way to approach it. Um, you can work yourselves into debt really quickly, trying to outdo each other in gifts uh, but I think in service, th that is why I put it at number two. And that's why I still like it is because if you're out doing one another in service to the, to the other, uh, that healthy competition is going to be really, really good for your marriage. Um, yeah, I, I endorse a uh, big thumbs up. And the last one, number one that I really liked is it's never you versus your spouse. It's you and your spouse versus the problem. I think that is what it was. Um, it's never you versus your spouse. It's always you and your spouse versus the problem. 
I like that. I like that. And the reason I like that is because uh, you and your spouse, it sounds a whole lot like you're one, uh, like you're a team or maybe one flesh. I dig. I like that. Uh, it, yeah, it's you and your spouse versus the problem. And it doesn't always have to be a problem between the two. It can be a problem with the one. Uh, it can be a problem on this side of the team, but it's you and your spouse trying to solve that problem. Again, perfect example. Uh, maybe I, let's see, what's a good, maybe I spend a little bit too much money occasionally. That would never be me. I would never do that. Uh, I don't spend money on stupid things like pocket knives. Um, I have self-control, okay? I'm not obsessed with things and maybe a little bit compulsive. It's not me. Uh, so this is purely hypothetical. In Minecraft, maybe I spend a little bit too much money on stupid things like pocket knives. Um, well, that's kind of a one-sided uh, a one-sided problem, but we're a team. We're one flesh. And so uh, Dylan, she still needs to approach that problem with me. And it needs to be, if she confronts me about it and says, hey, you're spending a little bit too much money on knives, which she would never do uh, because she's a good wife and this is in Minecraft and it's hypothetical. Uh, she would never confront me like that. Um, if she does that, then maybe I don't need to get defensive. Maybe I need to see, okay, what is the real problem here? Is it that I spend too much money on knives? Is it that I don't make enough money? Uh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. It's not that I spend too much on knives. Maybe I just don't make enough money, uh, which I think is a silly, it's not real. The problem is that I spend too much money on knives in Minecraft. Uh, so, okay. The problem is that I spend too much money on knives. Well, instead of me getting defensive and saying, you're attacking me, it's okay. How do her and I solve this problem? Uh, and let's say, so this isn't real, but let's say that I don't actually spend too much money on knives. Uh, maybe DL is just being a little bit overbearing on the amount of money I spend. Let's say it's me to her. Let's say that she went out and spent $30 at Hobby Lobby. Uh, and that's, she only spends $30 a month at Hobby Lobby. And I'm over here spending, you know, $300 a month on knives or whatever. Uh, maybe I'm getting upset about that. Okay, well, the real problem is not that she spends too much money on Hobby Lobby. That's not the real problem. Maybe the real problem uh, is that I am insecure about the amount of money I spend on knives. Or maybe the real problem is that I don't feel like dealing in this. Again, this is not real. We're in total hypothetical world. I was being sarcastic. I do spend too much money on knives, but now this is really not real. This is really in Minecraft. Uh, you know, maybe the real problem is that I don't feel appreciated enough uh, and I feel like she's not pulling her weight. Uh, or maybe the real problem is that um, I don't feel like uh, I get enough out of DLN um, throughout the week and she just goes and blows all of her money at Hobby Lobby. Uh, maybe there's some other problem apart from the money that she's spending. Uh, so we're going to find that problem and then it's going to be both of us against that problem. Uh, I really, really like this. Um, I, I like this this way of viewing the problem. Um, and if you can detach, uh, if you can detach from the problem and then approach the problem as a team, you'll go a long, long way. Uh, and again, I'm actually, I don't, I don't, I know this person. Um, I know it pretty well, or I know them, know it. Uh, I know them pretty well and, uh, proud of you for putting that piece of advice in there. Cause I think it's a really good one. And it really was my favorite. I'm not just trying to butter you up. Uh, no, that was a really good uh, piece of advice. And I think it is my favorite. So guys, we're at 36 minutes. Uh, this is a good little short episode as far as uh, getting some marriage advice down. I really enjoy this. Uh, I really do because it's prompts and it allows me to talk. Sometimes 
on the solo episodes. Uh, I can go off on uh, tangents and I just don't say the right things uh, or, you know, I have nobody to check me. But uh, talking off of these prompts, uh, it's the better podcast and uh, it's just really good because I enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you all for interacting. I appreciate you all for actually giving me your best piece of advice. Uh, And I think that's it. That's all I've got. Uh, Tune in on the Sunday series of the Purpose Podcast. We've got some really cool guests lined up. I'm actually getting a consistent flow of guests in on the Sunday series. Uh, The One Flesh series is kind of hard, guys, and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I want to have guests on, and this isn't a reflection of any of the past guests that I've had. Uh, It's just a struggle because I want to, especially on this topic, uh, I want to make sure that you're getting good information that I endorse. So this is not a forum where everybody just comes on and spouts their nonsense about marriage. And uh, no, I, I want this to be actually helpful uh, to young men. And because I'm curating the information, because you're getting the information from the Purpose Podcast, I want to make sure that I'm having good guys on there that believe that that believe in what I think is good marriage. Now, that's not to say that they have to hold the same values as I do, because then I would just talk to you, um, which is kind of what's going on now. But uh, there are people that I don't really agree with that have come on the One Flesh series. Clint Walker is a, is a good one. There are areas of marriage that I don't really agree with Clint Walker. Um, there are areas that, we, that we've talked about where I just, you know, I just have differing views. But I think that he comes with such an, a different wealth of knowledge that I do agree with that I'm okay with having him on. Uh, and when he brings something up, I think living together was the one, living together before marriage. Uh, when he brings something up that I, I've changed my opinion on or that I don't exactly agree with, I make it known and I say, yeah, man, I, I don't really agree with that. But, or what I also do is I'll just change the topic. Um, if we start talking about living together and he says something that he endorses living together before marriage, and I don't know if this is true. Don't, don't take me, uh, don't quote me on this. I don't remember what there was about that. I didn't exactly agree with 100% with Clint Walker on, uh, and I'm just using him because I know he can, he can take it and we're going to be friends afterwards, but, um, I'll just direct the conversation into the things that I agree with him on. Uh, but that being said is I have to find people that I think have enough valuable information uh, to, to present to you and to curate so that I know that you're getting um, information worth your time. Okay. So that's why we haven't been having as many guests on the, the one flesh podcast. It's been mostly me uh, curating this information and uh, trying to give you what I think is going to help you on the purpose podcast. Uh, we have a little bit more freedom uh, because it's about their purpose. Uh, we're talking about their purpose. And again, I steer the conversation where I want it to go. It's not that I don't let them talk about the things that I may not agree with them on. It's just that I make sure that the information that you get from the Purpose Podcast is somewhat beneficial. Okay, that's 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 my goal. And the other thing is, it's really awful to get into an argument over Zoom. Uh, I would probably have more conflicting opinions because I'm I'm a decent. I guess debate is kind of a bad word. I'm decent at discussions, and I know what I'm talking about, and I know what I believe, and I'm and I'm not afraid to defend that. But over Zoom, it's incredibly difficult. Uh, you cannot build a rapport over Zoom. Uh, you can't do the Joe Rogan thing where you immediately grab somebody's attention and, and build favor with them uh, and build influence with them. And then when an argument comes up, uh, you can use the nonverbals to uh, to soften the argument and maybe express differing viewpoints. It's really, really hard to do that over Zoom. Um, I'm not opposed to doing that. I would have, let's say, a, a, a pro-death or as they call themselves, pro-choice. Uh, I would have somebody on 
that that is in favor of abortion. I would I would have somebody on to talk about that uh, in person <laughs> because I can actually build a rapport. Uh, having a, an abortion conversation over Zoom with somebody that I hardly know because I don't know many pro-death people, uh, is, it's not something I want to do and that's not something that you get benefit from. So I know I'm, I've kind of gone off on a tangent here. I'm just explaining this. This is a guest-centered podcast. I don't want it to be just me talking into a microphone, but I'm doing what I have to do to make sure that the information that's coming to you is something that I endorse and that I'm willing to put my name behind uh, until the point that I can actually have those controversial uh, conversations that I think are also beneficial. Uh, it's not good over Zoom. It's just not. So uh, anyway, guys, that's all I've got for you. Go follow me at the underscore purpose podcast on Instagram. Uh, go share it with all your friends. I'm doing Ruck and Reel now. Oh, that's one last thing I'll clarify is, uh, you know, I had I had said that Ruck and Reels were going to be every time I ruck. Uh, but also, I just I don't want to be the guy that just says things to say things. That's not really what I want to do. Um, and that's kind of what was starting to happen is I would go out for a ruck and I would have my phone in my hand and I would get like 30 minutes into my ruck and I'm like, I still don't have anything to say. Um, so it's not going to be every time I ruck. I'm still going to do them. If I have something come up that I believe in that I want to talk about, I'm still going to do ruck and reels, but I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm backing, backing away from my promise to give you one every time I ruck just because uh, I want the words that I say to be meaningful. And when I say something, I want you to know that uh, I have some level of conviction and belief behind it. Not that I'm just saying it to say it. So anyway, guys, that's all I've got for you. I appreciate you tuning in to the One Flesh podcast, and we'll see you next time.